and welcome into another awesome episode of the Wood Recommend Podcast, a culture podcast by me, your host, Nick Ratliff, showcasing uh, some of Kansas City's and beyond's uh, finest local musicians and creators and artists and just interesting people doing interesting things and some of the things from uh, pop culture that uh, inspired them to do what they do and some some cool recommendations for me too um, probably not as interesting as my my guests but uh, hopefully you like my stuff too uh, thanks again for listening to our last episode with Vic G uh, my good buddy from Pink Royal um, and if you haven't uh, gone back to listen to that one that one is up on all of uh, wherever you get podcasts Apple Music um, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, go back and check that out. Check out our first episode of Josh Drell, and then I did one by myself for the second episode. So if you have missed any of those, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, today, uh, we're, I'm very excited to have my first guest that is you know not a uh, somebody that I previously knew until uh, about a few weeks ago. Uh, jo- I've known Josh and Vic for quite a while but um i was pleasantly uh i was uh very happy to uh see my next guest uh set before the pink royal show at the rhino probably a little over a month ago i'd say um and her name is kat king how are you doing kat i'm doing great thank you uh so yeah uh like i said uh first i uh first uh i guess saw you perform and i got introduced to your music and what you do uh when you open for pink royal and foxboroughs how long was that like a month ago at the rhino that sounds right yeah <laughs> um that was a really fun show um yeah and i was immediately like taken with like what you do like the setup of your show with like your loop pedal mm-hmm. and um what what's the pedal called like your harmonic pedal or whatever yeah like, it's that vocal pedal yeah I, I just I, I dig uh, I really dig like a loop pedal on a guitar and stuff, um, and your songwriting is great too. I, Thank yeah, you. you write awesome songs. Um, so let's talk about you for a while before we get into our recommendations that we came up with today. Um, how what's like your journey of like guess of being creative um, overall and like especially in music. Yeah, so my mom is a musician, and mm-hmm. so growing up, I mean, she was playing in a band with her siblings, um, and then my parents were involved in the church, so she was playing music in the church, um, and I don't remember how old I was when she started teaching me piano, mm-hmm. um, and then she wasn't the most disciplined at teaching it. Uh, <laughs> um, so eventually I started taking actual classical piano lessons from a teacher that was in the area. Um, and my mom taught me a few chords on guitar. So after that, I basically self-taught mm-hmm. um, with the help of YouTube and yeah. just making up my own chords. <laughs> and so like yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually started learning real things and real theory um so i yeah basically grew up 
uh, learning music, being inspired by my mom. Mm -hmm. And my siblings, most of them all, I have four siblings, and I think everyone but my oldest brother was all involved in some kind of musical endeavor. Mm -hmm. My brother is a drummer, and so he taught me the basics of drums, so then I picked that up and did that through high school, um, and jazz band and pep band and stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, I started, I mean, I, I was always creating, whether it was like books, writing books, or writing mm -hmm. plays, or musicals, or uh, creating like recording movies with my friends yeah. uh, during sleepovers mm -hmm. so it definitely have always had a something to like as a creative outlet um, and then obviously songwriting I think I started that when I was in second grade oh wow um, I I sort of taught a few friends how to play instruments um, not really we got, mm -hmm. but we we had a little punk band probably starting in third grade that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun there are some videos but mm -hmm. uh yeah we like cut off sleeves of shirts and wore them as hats and mm -hmm. did that whole thing <laughs> what what bands like what punk bands were you inspired by oh gosh um definitely avril lavigne mm -hmm. fallout boy mm -hmm. all american rejects mm -hmm. paramore yeah okay yeah that, <laughs> that, that whole era world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> that's funny um so yeah it's just like creativity and music especially has always kind of just been with you yes yeah from For a very sure. young age and have you always lived in kansas city or no. no um i grew up in a very small town called osage city okay yeah kansas. i'm familiar yeah yeah mm -hmm. um yeah i lived there all throughout high school I mean okay. growing up throughout high school and then moved to Lawrence for college mm -hmm. uh, and then after that Kansas City cool yeah I went to KU as well oh nice yeah and I think most of the Pink Royal guys did that's where I met all of them so yeah that is also where I met them yeah at least in Lawrence not again, yeah yeah. yeah yeah Lawrence is a great kind of um it's like a great kind of starter place, I think, for musicians to kind of maybe transition to Kansas City, wouldn't you say? Like, it's a very, it's a very, it's a, I think it's a much more insular music scene from what I've gathered. Like, everybody knows each other, like, very well there. It's smaller, obviously. Um, and everybody's, I think, a little more supportive there. Did you start, did you, were you playing music? there yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely yeah there's definitely a supportive aspect overall I think mm -hmm. in Lawrence and mm -hmm. just honestly just getting experience playing in bars and playing in front of people um, it's a great spot to kind of get that experience and make connections mm -hmm. um, yeah eventually I feel like you kind of start playing the same Right. Same gig over and over. Yeah. And yeah. So Kansas City seems like the next. The next step. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, dang it, I had another question. Uh, how did you come up like with your sort of current sound? Or is your sound like has it always evolved or has it kind of 
Um, has it always kind of been what it is now? It definitely has evolved. Mm-hmm. Since I grew up in a small town in Kansas, I was heavily influenced by country and mm-hmm. folk um, and and uh, pop punk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I think we all are. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was. Still a huge fan, day. not going to lie. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I when I started writing music, it was very much singer songwriter acoustic, mm-hmm. um, not really the Lawrence scene, right? And I think when I moved to Lawrence, that definitely first off was a huge challenge because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to stick with what I did and was annoyed that it was not the you were stuck in your ways. Yeah, I, yeah, I was pretty stuck <laughs> and. Um, I always joke about like hearing Vampire Weekend for the first time and being like, what is this? My freshman year in 2009, it was months after their debut album uh-huh. uh, came out and they played Liberty Hall. Oh, yeah. And I got to meet them and hang out with oh them on the street after the show. That's incredible. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know the song White Sky from Contra? Yes. They. Uh, debuted they were still in the process of like writing that song so it was like midway through its process and they like it was one of the first times they ever played it for us they didn't even even have a title for it yet that's amazing it was so awesome yeah it was yeah one of the best shows i've been to i i definitely was not a fan when i first heard them Mm. because it was so out of my like comfort yeah musical library yeah um but then I saw the light. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and this last album they put out is great. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. That their last two, like and Modern Vampires in the City is like one of my all time favorites. That album is mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um I'll definitely be bringing them up in the uh, recommendation yeah. section of the podcast going forward. But yeah, they're one of my favorite all time favorite bands. Yeah. Um were there any other like local Lawrence artists or bands that like you felt like a kinship with that kind of helped you creatively or like that you were inspired by? Local that you can think of. Gosh, <laughs> I I remember seeing the Vic G Trio. Yeah, actually, I used to play in a band that. Um, we did a few shows with them Mm -hmm. and I don't know that I think I was very much inspired by Vic's piano playing yeah (laughs) crazy he's awesome yeah (laughs) he moves so fast on that thing yeah um I remember being amazed watching him play the piano yeah um gosh so I honestly I think it was when I I DJed at KJHK for a little bit yeah and that whole music library is was Amazing. so out of my my normal yeah. library that yeah. that definitely expanded, mm-hmm. broadened my horizons. I guess I was on the sports uh, staff. Oh, nice! I had a sports talk show on that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, just being in that studio with all those records and mm-hmm. CDs and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I would yeah I would hear stuff that I had never heard before on there. Right. College is such like a fun time for that, like discovering new 
like pop culture stuff, like music, going out of your comfort zone and, you know, having other people like say, oh, hey, listen to this, watch this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah, such like an experimental time of growth. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Totally. Um, Do you have any like uh, shows or anything coming up soon that you want to plug? I do. I'm I'm playing middle of the map. Mm -hmm. Uh, I play at Songbird Cafe. I actually don't know that my set time yet, though. That's um, in October, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Is it October 5th or 12th? I have quite a few shows coming up, so I am mixing up all the dates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a music video coming out on September 5th, or September 13th. Nice. Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. Uh, that I've been working on for months now, so mm-hmm. um, excited for that. What's the title of the song? That song is called Song from Spain. Um, I like that one. I, oh, I've been listening you. to that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Middle of the Map is going to be super fun this year. Okay. I kind of like that it's not in the summer because in mm-hmm. the last few years it's been kind of hot and <laughs> um, it'll be fun to have it in fall. And I like that they're having music for the, the like film festival part yeah. and then obviously for the music festival part. Uh, the G trio is actually playing this Friday in North Kansas city at the Rhino, mm-hmm. um, as part of the, the film festival part. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's some good local bands uh, for that. But then like the, I love the lineup of the music festival. I know. Some I really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love snail mail. Yeah. And Claro. Yeah. Those are the headliners, but like obviously like a lot of great local, bands and artists yeah. too every year um any other dates that you can think of um we, we'll plug it at the end too so cool yeah. I'll, I'll look at my yeah. calendar and yeah. <laughs> plug those at the end okay um do you want to get into our recommendations then yeah all right um would you like to go first i've been going first the last few times if you want to change it up i'm down for whatever okay Let's talk about uh, your album that you picked. Yeah. Um, I chose A Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I don't, did that come out in... 2017. Okay. Yes. Um, did you just want me to... Yeah, what, um, like, uh, what inspired you to pick it? So, actually, I have a tattoo of... The, the tree that's on oh, their, nice. their front cover. Yeah, I have that on my arm. Um, just the tree, not with the person like hanging. Oh out yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know that was a little that looked much. a little strange on, yeah. <laughs> on my arm. <laughs> um, yeah, when that album came out, I had I I had taken an internship. Um, I had just graduated KU and taken an internship for the summer. Mm-hmm in Wisconsin in this like tiny tiny town mm-hmm. um, and I was I was working through some stuff and I had started trying to run on this trail that I lived right by mm-hmm. that's just surrounded by these really tall trees I don't know what kind of trees but uh, resembled the tree on that mm-hmm. on that cover mm-hmm. a lot um, but I this album came out and actually, the first time I listened to, I listened to, uh, oh gosh, what is it called? The Gold. 
which is like the second song on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably the most popular from it. Um, I listened to that I, looking out at my backyard basically was a river mm-hmm. with trees surrounding it too. And I listened to that song and it's just one of those experiences that like is just beautiful all around. Yeah. The song was, I mean, it hits immediately with this like sweet guitar riff. Um, but the chorus is full of harmonies, which I'm just, a, I'm a sucker for yeah. a sweet three part harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that moment specifically, like, I was like, God, this song is incredible. And it, it helped, you know, staring at a river with right. <laughs> just beauty all around. Yeah. Um, but, and then listening to the album, like all the way through, I was, I was doing it when I would run on this trail and I hate running, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but the album pushed me through, I almost got to two miles without stopping, which is, a, was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the album's so great because it, it was very much intentionally written as an album instead of like singles. Singles, yeah. Um, so the transitions between songs are so. It's like you could listen to the whole thing and be like, "Was that just one song?" Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah, that needs to happen more these days. I know. I agree. Yeah, and I think it's a as a songwriter, it's really inspiring to. It makes me want to do that to like challenge myself even like I don't know three songs that I'm gonna write three songs that can all transition into each other it's like one cohesive sound and feeling and um and they do it in a way where like you do feel something different in every song Mm -hmm. too but all is still the same like I don't know I just think it's it's really inspiring and really impressive um and and I think that in the album they they rocked a little harder like I feel like in the early their early uh, albums they're pretty hard like, yeah they are yeah as far as I know them yeah yeah and and then they kind of they experiment a lot which I think is cool but this album they're still they're definitely like experimenting with the new sound it's very reverb heavy which I'm also a sucker for mm-hmm. um but including a lot of just like hard like when he their lead singer and screams and yeah uh, uh this one's a little darker all around but what was the name of their first like big hit off their first album that i would know was it uh they had i've got friends i know that was i think was that a big one it, yeah um oh gosh what's it called uh i'm gonna look it up uh, i know i i think i know which one you're talking about from that same album Stand by, people, just a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come to me, I know it. Shake It Out. Is that the one? Um, their first one was I've Got Friends. I don't know if that okay. was their big one. But, yeah, whatever their, like, their first big hit was, it was definitely like a harder rock mm-hmm. song that's the one that I know so yeah this one is listed as this album is uh, 
listed as like indie folk. So I'm Which excited really to hear it. It's like a departure from what they've done before. Mm-hmm. I always like that with the band. When yeah. They totally switch it up. Even if it doesn't like completely work, it's like, right. I appreciate Like the, at least they yeah. took a risk. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. I'm going to, I'm excited to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the track names too. It's like the maze, the gold, the moth. Yeah. And then Led South Dakota or Led uh-huh. Dusty, uh, the alien, the sunshine. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah. The whole thing is, does it like tell us, does it tell like a story is like a concept? You know, that is the one thing about this album. I haven't even tried to, um, research or honestly like think about that much. Mm-hmm. I think for me, musically, it, uh, it spoke to me a lot more than lyrically. I know the first song is, I think it's about his son. Hmm. Um, cause he had a kid, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. Um, and then the alien, I don't, I watched the music video for that one. just like kind of halfway through the album. Um, my, probably my favorite song on it, but (laughs) I, I think it's a story not about any of them. Um, which I also like about his songwriting. He loves to write about other people's stories Mm. instead of his own, which I think is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know if the whole thing is, uh, I have kind of an answer. Do you want you me do? to tell you? Yes. I don't want to like, if it means a lot to you, I don't want to change your perspective on no, it. No, I, I should know this, honestly. It, um, the, much of the imagery presented throughout is in reference to the town of Lead, South Dakota, which is an old gold mining town that is now the site of the deep underground neutrino experiment, Dune. Dune is a leading edge international experiment for neutrino science and proton decay studies. I don't know what that means. So, science-y stuff. That's what's so <laughs> great <laughs> about his songwriting. Discoveries over the past half century have put neutrinos, or neutrinos, the, the most abundant matter particles in the universe in the spotlight for further research into several fundamental questions about the nature of matter and the evolution of the universe. That's interesting. That is a big so it's concept. like so yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like a existential like you know why are we here sort yeah. of thing yeah that's a cool way of like approaching that subject because yeah. obviously that's been approached countless different right. ways but yeah that's awesome kind of using like history and mm-hmm. like real world stuff to approach that that's neat yeah Yeah. i'm excited to listen to this i am too now that i know (laughs) what they're singing about um any other like uh tracks that you really like off this off the top of your head i have the track list if you want um what's the song right after the alien the sunshine the sunshine that the beat and the bass line in that song it's so groovy honestly yeah. no <laughs> so i love good. i love groovy like, yeah but it's still <laughs> like a, sad and dark okay. yeah uh, so i don't know i remember hearing it for the first time i was like oh my god like, <laughs> i have to move yeah <laughs> um that one but uh the goal definitely i mean it's it just hits mm-hmm. um and then the maze the very first song on there is like it's almost acapella uh not not completely, but it's very much 
kind of sounds like a hymn almost. Oh, um, nice. So harmonies throughout most of it. It's just really pretty. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. Um, and have you ever seen them live? Yes, yeah. three times. Nice. Are they They're, really good live? Yeah. Yeah. They're incredible. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anything? Any other thoughts on that before we move on? I, again, I'm really excited to listen to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could probably <laughs> go, go on, on and on. Go on and on. <laughs> But yeah, listen uh, to A Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra. Uh, check that out. It sounds like a really cool, arty, folky album from a, from a band that I like. And again, I just kind of, there are a lot of bands out there that I like. And just after a while, didn't really follow up with them. But I'm mm-hmm. excited to get back into them and it says uh, the album features guest vocals from nate ruiz from fun oh and the format yeah and uh christian zucconi from group love i did not I think even know that might be the singer from group love group love yeah so that's cool yeah did you mention that you like your parents or you grew up in in Asheville, north carolina or like Lived there for a while during your show. Um, I or you have a connection to? Didn't. Yeah. We went on oh. a vacation oh. in Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Huh. Because it says it was recorded partly in Asheville. Oh. I thought you said during your set that I saw you mentioned it. I my, may have. Uh, my sister uh, goes there a lot. Okay. Loves that place. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. I want to go back. Yeah. But yeah, I just saw that it was. <laughs> I thought you had more of a connection to it. That would have been cool. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to talk about my album. Probably if I had to pick my favorite all-time album, I'd pick my next pick or another pick, which I talked about on the previously um, lost episode that I've talked about. I recorded with, do you know Joe Stanziola, Secondhand King? I don't think so. He's a local, like, hip-hop artist okay i went to high school with him he's uh well he's like uh deep in the music scene around town and Mm -hmm. goes to a bunch of like indian uh, rock shows and stuff too but um i recorded with him here and the episode was lost due to technical difficulties and i talked about um i I won't reveal it now because i'll talk about it later but the other album I was contemplating, you know it. Um, but anyway, long-windedly, my pick today is Revolver by the Beatles. I am a huge Beatles nerd. Yes. I've read like an 850-page book on them, okay. a biography on them, um, and just constantly l- listen to them, want to know like all the information I can about them, mm-hmm. um, have been since I was a kid. Um, you know, there's just like so much lore behind them that like, they're such a legendary band. Right. Um, they changed music so much. Um, and it's so hard to pick my favorite album by them, but I think it's Revolver, um, for several different reasons. Um, some, 
I love the period that it was recorded in. It's in between that period where it's like post Beatlemania, where they're super poppy. They're basically like a boy band with instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before they're just getting into like acid and like their psychedelic phase, mm-hmm. but they're not like full fledged into it. Like they would be with Sgt. Peppers where it's just like crazy. Well, the final song on this album is Tomorrow Never Knows, which is probably their trippiest song, or one of the trippiest songs they ever recorded, because it's meant to sound like an acid trip. But there, there's definitely a big pop sensibility still on this album. Yeah. So I like that kind of middle ground of it. Um, and I just think it's a, it's a gorgeous... Uh, album through and through just the the songwriting on it um as i've grown more mature in like my musical taste and stuff i've i used to kind of um throw paul mccartney's contribution to the side is songwriting as much as that sounds weird like i when I was younger and I wanted to sound more serious, I was like, Oh, I think John Lennon was the best one. Yeah. And cause you know, he always, he was always like the, um, socially active or like politically active one. And then like, I've, I had a period where I was like, George is the best one. Cause he's like so introspective. And, um, but Paul is like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Yeah. And I've really grown to appreciate that, like pop, at least pop songwriters. Um, and I think he's kind of the MVP on this album. Um, okay. Have you have you ever given this one a listen? You know, I've never listened to a Beatles album. Uh-huh. I, I know. songs? I, yes, like a handful of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, I was one of, I knew like I Want to Hold Your Hand when I was mm-hmm. young. I remember seeing that a lot but other and probably Hey Jude mm-hmm. uh, other than that it wasn't until Across the Universe came out oh yeah um, and I was like oh my god these are so good and yeah. then and then I found out that they were all like Beatles songs yeah. and I was like oh <laughs> I get like so then I listened to the Beatles versions and yeah that is really how I was really introduced to them yeah so I love that movie oh it's so good yeah um <laughs> So I don't know if actually any any of these were in that movie. So you might not be familiar. Um, the opening track is "Taxman." Have you heard that one? I don't think before? I have. Um, it's a George Harrison song. He sings on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how the taxman is, you know, taking money from mm-hmm. them when. You know, they do so much to deserve all of it. It's, you know, songs like that have sort of been written before, but it's kind of a, an interesting take on it. And um, there's like a backwards uh, guitar solo, which they would do more and more of. Mm-hmm. Like they recorded it and then played it uh, backwards, which is... Um, I did not know a thing. Um yeah they they did all kinds of crazy i'll I'll get to they you know they had to be very creative in the studio back then because they didn't have all these effects like everybody does yeah. now 
I'll tell you my favorite little Beatles anecdote um, a little later when we get to the, the song. It was on Tomorrow Never Knows. John had a crazy idea for recording it that's hilarious. Okay. But um, do you know Eleanor Rigby? Have you heard yes, that one? Yeah. Okay, that one. That's track two. Um, a very uh, a gorgeous, very sad song. Paul doesn't get enough credit. Paul writes a lot of what I call dumb, fun songs. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Okay. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. That's Paul and Wings. Um, he writes a lot of, like, dumb, happy, fun songs that sound like he wrote them in 10 minutes. <laughs> he probably worked harder on them, but he's, I think, known more for those. But he also wrote some of the most beautiful sad songs of all time. Yeah. He wrote. He was the primary songwriter on Eleanor Rigby, even though like, you know, all their songs are Lennon McCartney. Technically, they're okay. like penned yeah. as Lennon McCartney. So, I'm sure they collaborated on pretty much every song. But like, there's definitely like a lead writer on all of them. Um, he wrote Eleanor Rigby. He there's a song later on here about a breakup um, called um, "For No One." That's one of my favorite sad, melancholy songs of all time. Mm-hmm. About how how like he knows the breakup is coming. Okay. No, no, it's actually it's like post breakup. He's like looking back on everything that happened, um, and then he wrote "Yesterday," which is like one of the most yeah. famous sad songs of all time um so yeah i think paul's songwriting on here is are definitely the standouts um so yeah uh, eleanor rigby has is like one of the first um rock songs to have strings on it apparently yeah which is weird in 1966 you would have thought you know that a rock band would have had right. strings on it, but yeah, it's there's definitely a, an orchestral um, inspiration to that song. Um, it says here that it was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, which <laughs> I guess like the score of it maybe. Um, And then uh, another one of my favorites is I'm Only Sleeping, which is uh, written uh, by John Lennon, um, which is completely about how he loved to sleep in and be lazy, like on weekends. <laughs> yeah. He, he loved to sleep in. Honestly and, relatable. Yeah. Um, but why I love it is because um, the harmonies. If you love harmonies, listen to that song. Paul, it's three. It's definitely three parts, but Paul's harmony is much more prominent than George's. Okay. And the tone he gets on his harmonies is just, it'll make you just go, like, shudder. It's so <laughs> yeah. good. It's so perfect. Um, and literally those harmonies is, like, why it's one of my all-time favorite Beatles songs. Yeah. Just, yeah, it just, the way the tone of his harmony hits your ear um, is ooh, it's so good. Um, and it's just a, like, well 
written song, it's kind of dreamy and psychedelic in a way, which kind of goes along with the sleeping aspect of it. And that one is the one with the, the backwards guitar solo, actually, okay. and which was the first time. No, it was the second time because they had another single that had a, but they were all about doing crazy recording techniques, um, especially around this time as they were experimenting. Um, but yeah, I, I've been rambling a lot here just because <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Yellow Submarine is on this one, okay. yes. which everybody knows. Good Day Sunshine, do you know that one? That's a, that one sounds familiar. That's a famous, it's a famous one. That is the first one on side two if you're playing it from, okay. a, from a record. Do you know Got to Get You Into My Life? Do you know Earth, Wind, and Fire very much? I do. Well, I, not very. I'm, I know a few songs. They cover Got to Get You Into My Life, which is originally a Beatles oh, okay. song, which I think is, it was meant for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. I kind of I like their cover a little bit better. Oh, I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, it's kind of a soul-ish song. It's got, like, a horn section. Um, and, yeah, it just sounds like it was written for, like, those 70s, like, soul funk bands, like yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff. Um, and that one is about, um, Paul was the last one to try LSD. Okay. And um, kind of was feeling left out that the other ones were, you know, the, the other three were, you know, doing this drug and like having these experiences and kind of, I think, ha had like a camaraderie because of it. And he was, um, he was writing about that. So, um, and then uh, Tomorrow Never Knows is the last track, which is, super trippy meant to sound like an LSD trip like I said before John wrote that um, inspired by uh, Timothy Leary who was like a, a Harvard professor who was like okay. um, you know like the Bono character in um, what? Across the Universe yeah Across yeah. the Universe he heavily based on Timothy Leary he like um had a bunch of like college kids in like a bus and took them across oh. the country and like they all tripped acid a bunch and he was like a proponent for like expanding your mind on okay. acid and stuff back in the day but john um was like friends with him and um timothy leary wrote a book and that was that and the tibetan book of the of the dead inspired them to write this song Okay. And so the vocal has like this effect on it. And John, as this is the quote, he wanted it to sound like a Tibetan monk singing from a mountaintop. That's how he wanted his voice to sound. And I think he kind of achieves that. Mm -hmm. But from that huge Beatles biography, I got this amazing anecdote. This is what he wanted to do. This was his original scheme to try to get that sound on his voice there was a ceiling fan in the recording studio that they were recording in and he wanted to create a harness device that he would hook up to the ceiling fan and then he would put himself in 
and they would turn the ceiling fan on and he would rotate around. And George Martin, who's their producer, who's like the legendary producer who kind of translated, you know, all the crazy stuff they wanted to do. Yeah. Especially like when they first started out, like George Martin was like, they were like, we wanted to sound like this. And they would describe it in in this like weird, like abstract way. But he would kind of interpret that and then know what to do engineering wise. But George Martin was like, hang on, John we can figure out a different way so you don't hurt yourself. But I really wish they would have tried oh, that. I would never trust the ceiling fan. Yeah, that would have been hilarious <laughs> if they would have tried that. Um, but that's like one of my favorite little yeah. tidbits I've ever heard about. Um, but yeah, this, not a ton of like the super well-known Beatles songs and mm-hmm. the classics that everybody knows on this one. Um, but as a cohesive album, I think it's one of the best, if not the best. And That's it's amazing. the one, it's the one that really speaks to me in particular. So, I definitely um, want to give a Beatles album a listen all the way through. Yeah. I feel like I'm overdue for that. So. I would start con- chronologically. Okay. So I would start, this is just my opinion, but, um, I would start, yeah, like, with their early stuff, like, Meet the Beatles is, like, the first LP that they released with all, like, the early hits that, you know, I Want to Hold Your Hand and uh, She Loves You and all that, all that good stuff. And then, like, the movie albums and then Rubber Soul is, like, when they start getting serious. And that's another, uh, I listen to that, I associate Rubber Soul, um, as like a fall album and I think it kind of sounds like that because there's a lot of like acoustic guitar on it mm-hmm. and stuff which I always for some reason associate with fall but um, I listened to it for the first time in the fall so I also kind of associate it with that so I think it's a really good with fall approaching mm-hmm. I think that, that's a really okay. good one to, to listen to, to in the fall and then Revolver they recorded Rubber Soul and Revolver two of the greatest albums of all time in subsequent years back to back years wow incredible it's crazy the turnaround back then like you know a band will come out with an album nowadays like every three four years maybe they came out with albums like every one to two years back in the day because they worked constantly right yeah um but I think we should move on sorry for rambling so much um but it's something I really care about would you uh, do you want to talk about your TV show next? Sure. All right. Yeah. Um, so a TV show recently that um, I love for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe a little basic, but <laughs> it's a good show. I've seen some of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Big Little Lives on it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, first off stellar cast amazing also that it is all women mm-hmm. is pretty amazing yeah um all of the women have like the lead roles yeah in it um the premise of it I feel like it it just sounds like you know a little cheesy or just right. eye rolly mm-hmm. <laughs> um all of these women who are incredibly rich live in gosh what city in california 
Uh, Monterey, California. Monterey, yes. Um, but it creates for beautiful yeah. cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really beat that. Uh, but yeah, all of them who have their kids in this private school, these, you know, rich, spoiled kids. It just sounds mm-hmm. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I would roll my eyes if I heard the synopsis of this, but the whole thing is centered around, like, you know, from the beginning that someone dies mm-hmm. in the first season. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole thing is like trying to make you figure out who, who's going to end up dying in the last episode mm-hmm. and like how and why. And uh, so there's like uh, mystery involved in it, which is fun. Like you're trying to figure out cause it, you know, every episode, it's, like, leading you in different directions. Like, well, it could be this character yeah. for this reason. Or, oh, my God, maybe this is going to happen. And um, that was fun. But really, I mean, the show touches on, like, uh, this physical abuse and one of the relationships, one of the marriages that is very, like, picture perfect on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but the acting, uh, Nicole Kidman, I believe. Uh, is uh, Nicole Kidman, I believe. Uh, is their spoon is very impressive. Like her character is so annoying, but so real. I like. I think she does such a good job at portraying. Yeah. This she's kind great. Of, she's so. She good. doesn't get enough uh, enough uh, like you know accolades or whatever. Yeah. I think. I mean, she. I think she's been nominated a few times for best actress, but like. She's she's really good. Yeah, and funny. Like yeah. the character in the show, I'm, I was laughing at so much. She has so many good lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she did amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Meryl Streep. Oh my god! The god. Yeah, season two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the goddess. Arrived. The goddess. Yes. <laughs> um, she was, of course, incredible at the role too. And it was like a, at least out of the things I've seen with Meryl Streep in it, a very different role for her. And yeah. she's she's getting older. Yeah. Um, playing a grandma that is uh, pretty twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, yeah. It, season two I was really skeptical of, but pleasantly surprised by the end of everything they did with it, all the storylines they ended up focusing on. And again, like talking about abusive relationships and how it affects someone and and like how it can affect kids and all of that is really I think they did a really great job and like sexual abuse too mm-hmm. in that whole show um, it was very moving in many moments very emotional so is, it, is it done or is I the story wrapped up I don't know <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, it could be wrapped mm-hmm. up, but also there's a lot of unanswered questions that I have. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from, I mean, like, my partner thinks that it's done, and I'm like, no, I think that mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the next season could answer all of these things. And uh, I've had the same argument with my sister. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And I don't think that they've actually released yet if, it doesn't say anything on here. 
I saw, so my parents watched it much more than I did, but yeah. I was, like, in the other room all the time. Yeah. So I picked up on a lot of stuff. And, like, the last episode, it seemed like they wrapped everything up pretty neatly. Yeah. Not to give a, a <laughs> this is a spoiler-free podcast, but, um, yeah. So, I don't know. That'll I know, be I want to talk about it, but I don't yeah. ruin yeah. it for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. Yeah. Um... So we should mention, I guess, everybody in the cast because it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shane Lee Woodley, Laura Dern, who I love. Yeah. Um, Zoe Kravitz, who I also love. She's amazing. Um, Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Rec and uh, which, Party Party Down. Yeah, yeah. Um, he plays a very different role from what yeah. he's been in, too, which is, he does so good, too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, and uh, Alexander Skarsgård, who's uh, was in True Blood, and yeah, so yeah, a lot of amazing women on that show. Um, definitely check out Big Little Lies. Uh, great soundtrack. Oh yeah, as we were discussing thing, yeah. before recording. Um, the soundtrack and the cinematography. Cold Little Heart by Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka is a great artist. Um, he has the that song is the opening theme um, and there's just great music throughout the whole show which was something that I without fully watching it definitely picked on picked up on uh, I was uh, you know I was on yeah. my computer in the other room a lot and I was like you would yell to my parents oh that's an awesome song <laughs> <laughs> you know I feel like I've, I've gone into so many coffee shops recently and or like restaurants even and listening to the music I'm like oh they are definitely on the Big Little Life yeah. soundtrack on Spotify yeah <laughs> definitely um any other thoughts on that oh gosh it's another thing I could keep talking about but, right um I think it's definitely worth watching it's and the seasons are short enough it's not like yeah a Game of Thrones commitment right <laughs> exactly um yeah just you know, everything you want out of an HBO show, you know? Right. Just, like, great music on it. Um, awesome cinema- cinematography, almost like a film, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, big production value, but also, like, great grounded acting. Yeah. And, and like, writing and stuff. Yeah, yeah storytelling and yeah. The writing. And, and it was based on a book, we should mention. Oh, yeah. That's by right. Leanne Moriarty, um, which was, like, a huge seller, wasn't it? Yeah, New York Times so. bestseller. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that was all the rage. Um, so yeah, if you like mysteries and whodunits and stuff like that, <laughs> definitely check that out. to my movie that I picked. I picked a movie this time. Uh, It's Almost Famous, directed by Cameron Crowe, who directed um, 
He directed uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was the first movie he directed. People have seen that movie. Um, more recently, uh, We Bought a Zoo with like Matt Damon. So he happened. Oh, uh, Jerry Maguire, he directed. I think was nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. for directing Jerry Maguire. He definitely uh, definitely picks some odd movies sometimes to direct and has a very like diverse swath of different types of stories he tells. Yeah. Um, but he's a really good writer director. Um, this is a semi autobiographical, uh, film. Uh, it's about a kid played by fat Patrick Fugit, um, who was like a teen at the time, I think, or in his early twenties playing a teen though. Um, who goes on the road uh, writing for Rolling Stone, um, and he's writing about a fictitious band in this movie called Stillwater. But um, Cameron Crowe, when he was a teen and in high school, actually wrote for Rolling Stone and like like wrote about Led Zeppelin and like seventies bands like yeah. that. I think like Jethro Tull maybe. Um, the Eagles, Allman Brothers, stuff like that, which is awesome. Um, but this cast is so great, um, and it's it's definitely a st- it's a story about a lot of different things. But like growing up, it's a great rock movie. Mm-hmm. But um, it's about like a relationship between a, a mother and son, which is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Which I don't think. It's told a lot. Uh, Francis McDormand okay. uh, is his mom, and it, like she's great in everything. She in she's in Fargo. That, okay, and that, she's that in, billboard movie. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's in three billboards. Yeah, she's great, and I think in everything. I think she's one of the best act, yeah. actors in the world. But um, she's especially. I think this is one of her best performances because. Uh-huh she's not the lead. She's not the main lead. And she, every single scene she's in, she is, she just steals it and completely goes for it. Yeah. She's the best. I love her so much. (laughs) Um, Billy Crudup, who, have you seen Big Fish? Oh, yeah. He's in Big Fish. He's, he's, I don't remember the name um, of the character. He's, um, he's a stage actor a lot too, so okay. he's like in New York doing a lot of um, a lot of plays and stuff yeah. too. So he does films. He does. He's done a lot of films. Um, looking up to see who he plays on Big Fish. I haven't seen Big Fish in a long, long time. I, I actually don't. I probably don't even know the characters' names. I just know them. Uh, it doesn't say time. it on here. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's I. I know that's one of the movies he's been in. But he plays Russell, who's um, the like the lead guitarist for the band, okay. and definitely takes uh, the kid under his wing, and um, he's he's just like really. He plays a very human character who's like struggling in a relationship and very 
confused because he's like supposed to be in those like early to mid twenties and like mm-hmm. they're experiencing fame, the band's experiencing fame for the first time, and like really blowing up. And so he's like, he's at a definite like life crossroads and yeah. he plays that very well. And then Kate Hudson is okay. like, and one of the main leads, she plays like, for lack of a better term, like a groupie. Mm-hmm. They have, it's a very interesting way that they uh, showcase like this group of like you know groupies or whatever um, it, it's much more than like what you would think they would right. be they, they're like definitely friends with the band and like she has this relationship with Billy Crudup's character and um, the kid has a huge develops a huge crush on her mm-hmm. and it's far and away the best Kate Hudson's ever been in my opinion it was like her breakout film it was her breakout role yeah. um, and I, she might have been nominated for like best actress for it I can't remember um, but she's like she's amazing and it plays um, the dramatic scenes very very well I think I'm pretty sure I've watched this in a film class. Yeah. Uh, the more you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is all so familiar. <laughs> Came out in 2000. Um, some really, some, like, funny scenes in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, so the kid is, like, splitting time and, like, getting permission from his high school. It's his senior year of high school. And so he's, like, getting permission from his high school to go on tour with this band. And keeps telling his mom that like oh yeah I'll definitely be back home to uh, go to school for that test mom don't worry and he's not and so his mom keeps freaking out about it and she um, she calls like the band's hotel and Billy Crudup's character picks up and she has this very like frank conversation with him Mm -hmm. and that very Francis McDormand way yeah. and it's 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 actually a funny scene She the way she plays it um, but yeah I just I love it um, one of my all time favorite film scenes is um, a scene I don't want to give too much away but it's set to Tiny Dancer by Elton John yeah um, after like a big point in the film um, it's just I. you'll know it when you see it just watch the film I don't want to <laughs> give too much away but yeah that's one of my all time favorites yeah. so, great soundtrack of like 60s and 70s music mm-hmm. so um, all of my all of my picks today are music related so yeah I thought they all kind of fit together well <laughs> um, but yeah I just I love that movie <laughs> seen it multiple times and I actually want to probably watch it again today yeah. after talking about it. I know, I want it's, to watch it again now. It's great, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you want to move on to our books? We both picked a book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I picked a book called Past Forgetting. Um, it says it's written by Kay Summersby, but I, it's actually like, ghost written by another author who was with Kay while she was dying of cancer 
Barbara Wyden? Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is... It's a very interesting-looking <laughs> book. <laughs> I know. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> I, so I found this randomly. As, as, do you want to give the subtitle? I, yeah, I should do that. Pass for getting... My Love Affair with Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> yes. So it is about Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the title is a little... I mean, it is accurate of, of what it's about, I guess, but it really focuses more on what it was like during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, being in... You kind of like get this glimpse into what... Eisenhower's life was like while he was like a commander, mm-hmm. which was really fascinating, honestly. And I'm not, I've never been like a history, uh, I, I honestly didn't care in school, like mm-hmm. growing up. And then, I mean, I think that's kind of accurate of a lot of people growing up, history was like a drag, and then you get older and then you actually care about it because it is important. I always loved it. You did you? I majored it, majored it in uh, nice. college, yeah. One of my good friends also did, so. Yeah. Uh, I wish that I would have loved it when I was young, or like, yeah. honestly, I think it's the fault of teachers. If if you don't like history, it's because they're Yeah. I just always liked the stories. Yeah. Within all of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, and I, um, I need to, like, I wish I could retake history again and pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I think documentaries so, are probably the, yeah. most, the best way. I think so, too. I love yeah. documentaries. Yeah, same. But um, anyway, yeah, I randomly, uh, I was looking in, like, autobiography section of, mm-hmm. I think, the Dusty Bookshelf. Is that what it's called? And Lawrence? Oh, gosh. What is it called? That store, uh, the Dusty... I think it's like Dusty Bookshelf or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a bookstore in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, they were having a sale, and I just went to that section, and I saw that, and I was like, Eisenhower's from Abilene, Kansas. Mm-hmm. This sounds interesting, <laughs> maybe. And then I read it, and I was, I was like shocked at how invested I got in the story. Uh, so Kay Summersby is was his driver, and... London while mm-hmm. he was stationed in London mm-hmm. and then became his secretary so basically those two spent like a lot all of, of their time together. there yeah. together mm-hmm. and and the book never it's not like this uh, dramatic affair that happens it's like this very um, long progression of them getting feelings for each other mm-hmm. and not really acting on them. Okay. Um, so it's not, you. it's one of those things where you can't really fault them when you're spending your whole, every day. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, he was married. Yeah. You know. um, Sorry, I'm, I just saw this. I'm on the Amazon page for it. Yeah. And so like, you know, the categories and the subcategories, uh-huh. it's books, engineering, and transportation. It's really? under the engineering and transportation books section. That is <laughs> that's bizarre. That's really funny. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt that. I just I would not <laughs> classify that, no. that as a transportation book, though she does uh, 
drive him around London. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, uh, anyway, I think part of what was so great about this or why it just like really captured me mm-hmm. um, was because because he so very clearly like actually cared about the people he was serving. Mm, yeah. um, I think it was really refreshing. I don't want to get into politics, really. By all means, <laughs> I don't care. Okay, I agree well, with you. I know what you're about to say, and I agree yeah, with you. <laughs> on a, like, there is so much. Anything that comes out of the president's mouth right now is yeah. like just the opposite of what you just described. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't care truly think he cares about anyone. Cares about himself. Yeah, and he wants to pretend that he cares. Yeah, uh, and to read a story where by this well, basically by this woman who was so closely with him during this like during World War Two, which yeah. was. Nuts. Um, a huge moment in human and, history. Yeah. yeah, and here, like, that he like literally he was like physically getting really sick because mm-hmm. he held the responsibility of like all of all of his men um, that he was overseeing, and mm-hmm. like it was like physically kind of destroying him uh, because he cared so much, mm-hmm. and he wanted the best and honestly don't it doesn't really get it this was before his presidency so it doesn't get into that but to like it obviously led to that because he was so good mm-hmm. at leading them right. uh, and yeah and hearing like or just getting to read the kinds of things that he would say when it was just him and her and like his whoever would be with him all mm-hmm. the time which is partly also why I don't think that anything got physical yeah Uh, (laughs) it was hard because someone was always with them yeah but I also think there was a lot of guilt in that but really that's not what is like that interesting about the story it Mm -hmm. it was it was just really refreshing to like Mm -hmm. read about someone with that much power who truly cared and who people honestly respected yeah and, uh, and yeah just getting an inside look uh, it was just fascinating, and I was—I don't know—my friends laugh at me when I say mm-hmm. that this was like one of my favorite books I read in the past few years. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's definitely what? interesting. I had no idea; I'd never heard of her before, and didn't know about their relationship. And I'm a big presidential oh, history, yeah, buff especially. It's a uh, no one wants to. There's a lot of speculation about it, mm-hmm. and especially since it. Like he, people, I guess, started these rumors and then they were always denied. Mm-hmm. Then this book came out and then I think people still want to say like, oh, nothing ever happened. Uh-huh. So it's, you know, you never know. Right. Because uh, it's her story, her side. And you never get to hear his side, obviously. Now yeah. Either, so, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah, it's, it was fascinating. Cool. Yeah. I think that's like the first historical book that anybody's brought up on the show, <laughs> yeah. which is neat. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, past forgetting my love affair with Dwight D. Eisenhower by Kay Summersby Morgan. And I guess ghost written by 
Barbara Wyden. Um, definitely give that a read if you're into presidential history and uh, just history in general. I always, yeah. I always love some history. So I do now. <laughs> yeah. All right, quickly because I think we're gonna have to get out of here pretty soon. Um, my book is called Meet Me in the Bathroom, Rebirth and Rock and Roll in New York City, 2001 to 2011. It is an oral history book um, written by Lizzie Goodman, who I believe used to write for Spin Magazine and a couple other rock publications. Okay. Um, it is, the title is a stroke song from their second album, Room on Fire. Uh, called Meet Me in the Bathroom. Um, and so like an oral history, for those that don't know, is not written narratively like, you know, a novel or another, like a regular nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. It is basically almost transcripts of conversations that they've had with the subjects. Okay. So it's like, it'll say the person's name, dot, dot, and then a sentence they said. But all of the thoughts will be grouped together in like different chapters based on a subject cool which is a cool idea yeah it's if you if you thought like i thought it was just going to be like a regular like nonfiction book kind of written yeah narratively um so it's kind of hard to get into like reading that way but once you start reading it it's it's pretty easy and this book details uh the bands like the uh, bands in the early 2000s that broke out in New York City and bands that weren't from New York City but were kind of based in that same sort of scene kind of got lumped in that same scene. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's mostly about the Strokes because they were at the forefront of that scene and they're one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, but also, like, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's. Um, the White Stripes were kind of because they sounded similar were right. grouped in that in that uh group of bands interpol if you know them uh kings of leon like early on were in that in that uh group of bands uh just a bunch of awesome bands that i really fell in love with especially um especially uh the strokes and so yeah it's just a really interesting look at New York City and the music scene there because the music scene there before the strokes popped were, was like dead like the rock and roll scene at least interesting yeah it was like I mean the hip hop scene's kind of always been there because yeah. that's where hip hop was born but like the rock scene was like nothing was going on there. yeah it was all in like LA and Chicago and stuff I didn't know that yeah um, and then yeah this every this like little scene started popping up and then a couple years later they were the biggest bands in the world like, yeah um and yeah it's just like some of the quotes they get is, is pretty crazy and like some of the backstories it's very drug filled and okay <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of crazy rock and roll stories um albert hammond jr who's one of the guitarist in the strokes who's also like a solo artist um mm -hmm. now um i'm surprised 
he's still around because he had a really bad drug problem. But I'm yeah. very glad that he's still around because yeah, no seems like a good guy and makes really good music. But yeah, there was there's some some dark stories in there as well. But if you love rock and roll books, can't really beat this one. Uh, LCD sound system is a oh, big, okay. huge part of it too because they were a huge part of that scene. And it kind of ends, because it spans a whole decade, it kind of ends with uh, the birth of Vampire Weekend. Cause oh, they really? were Yeah, they, went to, they met at Columbia yeah. in New York City, and so they were kind of that second wave of New York bands after okay. the first one and kind of died down. So, yeah, it's kind of like the, the recording and the release of their first album is like the tail end of the book. Yeah. It's really cool. cool. And fun fact, you mentioned so one of the albums you were thinking about picking was Maggie Rogers. Yes. My sister is like the biggest Maggie Rogers yeah. fan in the world. She's seen her twice. I'm about to see her. I yeah. saw her last year and I'm about to see her again. I, and uh, she's gotten me into her too. Uh-huh. But Maggie Rogers, when she was at NYU, um, was a copy editor on this book. She oh, liked, no way. Yeah, she edited it a bunch, yeah, and is, like, thanked in the, the notes of the book. Yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, the, the I believe the, like, thank you note on her in the back is, like, um, thank you to Maggie Rogers, um, who, while, um, who took a lot of time, um, editing this book while also becoming a rock star. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen the, the video of Pharrell? Oh, yeah. Class? That's how, I mean, yeah, that's how I, I found her. That. I love that so much. It's so and good. And also, fun fact, the teacher with the crazy, yeah. crazy white hair is Bob Power, who is a f- super famous hip-hop producer. He oh, produced uh, my two favorite hip-hop albums of all time, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest uh-huh. and Midnight Marauders by A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, the Tribe Called Quest guys said that he was like their secret weapon. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So, yeah. Not I mean, many her, people know who he is, but yeah. like, I was like, Bob Power, that guy's amazing. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah, anyways, back to this book. Um, it's great. Uh, it's pretty long, mm-hmm. 640 pages, uh-huh. but there's a lot to... To cover and it's a decade, yeah. yeah. And since it's an oral history, it's you can read it super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, not much more to say on that. If you let, if you love those bands, it's just a great look into the heyday heyday of those bands. And obviously, since it starts in around two thousand one, yeah, in New York City, nine eleven is a big uh, part yeah. of it. So I definitely want to read this. Yeah, it's great. Definitely pick it up. So uh, with that, I think we're going to get out of here. Um, did you have your dates brought up? you want to plug those again real fast? Yes, I do. Um, so September, I'm actually playing two shows at Replay mm-hmm. in September. In um, Lawrence. Going Re- back to Replay Lawrence. Replay Lounge in Lawrence, yep. Yep. Um, one of those is the 6th of September, the other is the 15th, which is going to be a matinee show, and I'll have my full band for that one. Mm-hmm. Is Daniel Cole in your band? Yeah, Daniel I kind of know him a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he drums for me. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he's cool. Very grateful to have found him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
after that, really, the next one is October 4th, which is when I'm playing Middle of the Map mm -hmm. at Songbird Cafe. Um, and then, goodness, there's going to be more mm -hmm. after that. Oh, Halloween. So oh, Halloween, okay. uh, we are playing, I think it's, it's my band and then two or three other bands are playing at Record Bar, putting on a Halloween show. Nice. So we're stoked about that one. I might come to that. Yeah. You should come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make it a theme and everything. So. Awesome. Yes, it'll be fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was yeah, great. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, go see Cat King whenever you can. She's great. Writes great songs. Thank you. And obviously, loop pedals are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yes. loop pedals. Hashtag loop pedals. Um, so with that, I want to thank uh, my buddy Sheldon Adams, who created the art for uh the show for would recommend um i want to thank raz who uh on youtube who uh made the awesome instrumental music um and uh, check us out on apple podcasts spotify stitcher uh would recommend podcast.com which i don't know how much longer i'm gonna have it um it's becoming kind of expensive thanks to the website provider but um we'll see um so you can check it out on there for the time being uh and on uh, soundcloud so check all those out um and i believe we might have a little bonus episode for you here in the middle of the week maybe next week or the week after um but uh my next guest for the main shows is uh tevin williams who uh, runs So Far Sounds and is uh, also a local singer and musician here. So I'm excited to have him on. But uh, until next time, check out all of our recommendations and uh, keep uh, discovering and, uh, and searching out there, folks. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.